Well, this morning, I want to take a look uh, at the Word of God. And, you know, uh, there, there are times when we, we go through hard times, we go through struggles, we go through difficulties in life. And, you know, those things sometimes have a tendency to get us down. And, and that's what I'm going to be looking at uh, for a few moments this morning. But I, I, was, I was preparing this message, and I thought about, you know, um, a husband and, and, and um, a wife celebrating maybe their anniversary. And, you know, the, the husband is, is uh, saved up all, all year, maybe two or three years, to get his wife that special uh, gift. And um, he goes shopping and looking for that special gift. And, you know, he figures pearls. How many know pearls are good? Pearls are nice. See, ladies, you, you can use them for every occasion. They go with everything. And when you look at pearls, it's kind of romantic, right? You, you think about the husband surprising his wife, and, you know, he says, Honey, you know, this is what I got for you. And, you know, they're excited. He's, he's doing the best he can to, to make her happy. And he asks her to turn around, unbuckles them, puts them on, and the mood music is playing softly. You know, he's getting ready to take her out to McDonald's. And No, that's not right. I mean, he's, he's got it planned. You know, he's looking forward to a great night of romance, of time together, because they're celebrating. And what he did was he said, you know, I'm going to get her something special. And so he got her this box, this present of pearls. And the evening is all set. And I was getting ready for this message, and I thought about it, and I said, well, how can something so beautiful, so elegant, and so dainty and expensive. By the way, my brother-in-law gave these to my wife last week. I've already bought her pearls, but he did it. He was a nice guy. How can something so ugly, smelly, not pretty, it's rough, there's nothing elegant about an oyster. But yet it's able to produce something so elegant and beautiful. How can that happen? Well, it happens because of what I want to talk to you about this morning. And what takes place in an oyster's life. Thank you so much, Elijah. You set the mood perfectly. Appreciate it. <laughs> And when you think about it, the oyster, through its life, spends most of it, all of its time at the bottom, on the ground of the sand. And what it does is that to nourish it, to feed itself, it opens up and lets in the seawater, which gives it its nutrients and it gives it its substance that it needs to survive. And every once in a while, it has a filtering system that when it opens up to let the seawater in, and it closes, every once in a while, that filtering system doesn't work. And what happens is there's a 
small grain of sand that becomes lodged inside of that oyster soft part of the belly. And so what begins to happen is that little small speck of sand, as small as it is, begins to irritate that oyster and cause it pain. And God has created something special for that oyster in God's wisdom and knowledge. How many know God takes care of his creation? If he says he takes care of the birds and uh, the, the, the lilies of the field, how much more would he not take care of an oyster that when it's in pain, he would create a substance called nacre. And that substance as that irritation takes place, is released and goes around that small speck of sand. And what it does eventually, through years, obviously, some longer than others, it produces a pearl through its pain, through its suffering, to ease the, the hurt that it's going through. Think about this. You're walking, have you ever had this happen to you and you feel something inside and you got a rock in your shoe? And you go, oh man, you try to ignore it and you shake your foot and make it go to the back or go to the side. Maybe it'll get lost, it'll get better, right? But it doesn't work. So you have to stop and take off your shoe and empty the rock. Well, the oyster can't do that. So what it needs to do is depend on that soft fluid that God provides, that nacre, to surround and to bring soothing into its life. And it squeezes it out and handles its pain, and its pain becomes a source of beauty and pleasure for someone. When I bought this oyster yesterday, I asked the guy at the fish market, I said, so I want to buy an oyster, and I want one with a pearl in it. He thought I was serious. He said, no, no, they don't come with pearls. I said, yeah, I know. Okay, just give me an oyster. And he said, actually, years ago, because he'd been at that, that place for a long time, the man who shucks the, the oysters, he was shucking the oyster, and he found a pearl in it. He said, years ago, that happened. Out of all the years, I've only seen one. Only 10% of oysters will successfully create a pearl. Remember that because I'm going to close with that thought in, your, in our lives as Christians. So this morning I want to take some time and speak to you about a sermon I entitled, uh, Life's Irritations Making Pearls. In the book of James chapter 1 and in verse 2, James writes and he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let your perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so with, in the case of that oyster, its pain and its suffering produces these pearls. For you and I, James says, that 
when we go through trials and when we go through testings and sufferings and so on and so forth, it's for the purpose of bringing maturity in our lives so that God would complete the work that he wants to do in us so that we would not be lacking in any area. But if the truth be known, we look at life's testings and sufferings and pain and irritations. How many have ever been irritated before? How many are irritated right now? How many got irritated on the way to church? Now, don't, don't look at your next door neighbor. That, that's not what we want to do. There are so many areas uh, that we can become irritated in. And, he, and, and, and everyone, no one is exempt through life's trials, through hardships, through pains, irritations. Ecclesiastes, the writer, says in chapter 9 and verse 2, all things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean. In other words, uh, there isn't anyone who's left out, who is alive and in life and living, who is not going to have trials, tribulations, hardships, and struggles. No one is exempt but it's how we handle those that is going to make the difference in the outcome of our life when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our raising our children, when it comes to uh, our relationships or our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How we handle these irritations uh, is going to determine whether we're going to produce pearls or pain. If we're going to produce the blessings of God or allow the pain of life, the irritations and discomforts that life's bring, life brings uh, to, to, to work in us and bring uh, uh, hurt and eventually bring ulcers because we didn't handle those issues correctly according to the Word of God. Because when we handle those irritating things in life, those trials. According to our own natural ability, according to our own wisdom and our flesh, all we're going to do is continue the pain and never find relief. But see, just as God, and we're going to look at that this morning, has for the oyster created that substance called nacre in its uh, soft parts of, of, of its being to help relieve that irritation and pain. So God has given us also what, who he calls the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And we can allow the Holy Spirit when we are in pain and we're hurting and we're irritated and we're going through struggles and allow God to bring the Holy Spirit in our lives to begin to comfort us and use the Word of God to begin to bring strength and to overcome what the devil wants to use to destroy us. God can use that to bring maturity, to bring strength and to complete the work that he wants for us in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, 
who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You see, when we are irritated and we're in pain and we're going through trials, God allows that so we can turn to him. Just as a child who falls down and gets hurt, they scrape their knee or whatever the case might be, they run to their father or mother. Why? So they can receive comfort, so they can receive soothing during their time of pain. And you and I, as the children of God, need to learn to stop running to the things of the world, stop running to the wisdom of the world, and run to God the Father so he can comfort us in our pain and bring comfort to us in our hurting times. And not only for us, but as the Word of God says, we can start to comfort others and say, I know what you've gone through. I know what you're feeling. I've been there. God helped me, and God can help you too. And you see, this is what we need to learn because we're living in times where there's going to be much pain. There's going to be a lot of irritation. We, 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 we've heard the term pain at the pump. Right? It, it is painful when you stop and think about it. It hurts. It's irritating. Every time you go to put gas in your car, it's irritating. And those are things that we have to learn to give to God. And I understand the reality, but yet at the same time, uh, we can't do anything about it. It's only in God's hands uh, that he can begin to help us through those times of financial issues uh, again, uh, through those times uh, when we're in pain physically or emotionally, we're struggling. Uh, turn to God. Turn to the Word of God. Get on your knees and begin to pray and say, God, help me out of this pain to produce something beautiful that your name would be glorified. As Paul writes, uh, and he says, uh, we are, are broken vessels. There's nothing pretty about us. There's nothing good about us. But he says, it's not uh, me that is going to uh, bring the blessing. Uh, it's what's inside of me that's going to cause me to overcome. It is the word of God. It is the presence of God. It is the spirit of God that we need to understand when we are in pain. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31 says that we can receive comfort uh, in the Holy Spirit. Someone said, nothing is given to man on earth. Struggle is built into the very nature of life. And conflict is possible. The hero is the man who lets no obstacle prevent him from pursuing the values he has chosen. In other words, the values we have chosen uh, come from the word of God. And the pain that we go through uh, is going to want to stop us uh, from holding on uh, and pursuing uh, the values, the concepts, the principles of God's Word. Uh, and uh, this quote says uh, that when we understand there's going to be struggle in life uh, and it's built into the very nature of life, there's going to be conflict. But that's okay because we have 
God's word in us that's going to help us to overcome the struggle, the pain, and the hardships that we have to face. There are, there's no easy road in life. Anybody who tells you that doesn't have your best interest at heart. Any preacher that says life is a bowl of cherries uh, and all you have to do is this and this and the other and it's going to be okay, there is going to be hurt, pain, irritation. There are going to be those things in life, but they do not have to control us. We can control them through the presence of the Holy Spirit and through the power of God's Word. John chapter 16 and in verse 33, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, when you look at the Word of God and you stand on uh, those uh, principles, those value systems of God's Word you realize that no matter what comes against you, no matter what you're sensing, feeling, what's irritating you, in Jesus, uh, Jesus already overcame those things. Uh, he already triumphed over those things. Uh, and because he did, uh, so can I in the name of Jesus. That's something that we need to comprehend and we need to stand fast in this day and age. Because we're looking and... and yeah, I have to fight the 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 the, the um, issues that I have to deal with. But you know, I don't want to turn the TV on. I don't want to watch the news or listen to it. But there's something there that just grabs me, and I listen to it, and it's irritating. Pray for me. <laughs> Because there's so many crazy things that are taking place now. I mean, so many concepts that, 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 that defy creation and, and, and physics in general that are now being promoted and, 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 and based as fact instead of fiction. And it's those things that we have to be able to turn to God to and say, okay, God, it's out of my hands. You're, you're going to have to help me with this. You're going to have to make the, ray, the way for this uh, to, to be soothing in my life because I don't want to you know, be bitter and I don't want to be angry and I don't want to have ulcers in my life. You see, it's given that things are going to happen, but Jesus says, be of good cheer because he has overcome the world in James chapter 1, in our text, he says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete. Blessed is the man, in verse 12, James writes, who remains steadfast under testing or trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I want to wind this down with three quick reasons why we need to allow and understand 
that life's hardships and irritations and testings are a blessing to us. The perspective that we have when we go through them, when you're in them, if that's the case right now, that God is doing something. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't make us maybe physically excited. But understand that God is doing something inside. And that number one, those irritations, those testings and trials, God allows them to keep us on track with him, to keep us in tune with him. Psalms 119, and in verse 67, the psalmist writes, before I was afflicted, or I was in pain, or I was suffering, or I was going through hardship, I went astray. I went off track, but now I keep your word. So what he's saying, that during the times of comfort, that he was at ease and he was probably straying away from God. He went astray. He was removing himself from his dedication to the things of God. But then he said, when the trials came, the pain came, the heartache came, he said, it brought me back and now I'm on track keeping your word. How many know that's true for us today? That we have a tendency to grow cold, to get comfortable, to begin to, to be off guard when it comes to the strategies of the enemy. And we start losing our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We start getting out of tune with God. You ever heard an instrument that's out of tune? It sounds terrible. Then It messes up the whole song. Thank God our musicians are always in tune. They're always in tune and singing in tune, and it's great. And I hear it when it's not, and I tell them. But that's like once every three or four years. But when something's out of tune, it's just out of step. And that's what happens when... We get comfortable, and God uses the afflictions uh, and allows the trials and irritations in our lives not to destroy us, to harm us or tear us down, or to bring fear into our lives, but to help build our faith uh, and develop trust in Him. And so we have to ask ourselves, during those trials, those irritating times of life when things seem out of our control, do we still have trust in God? Are we still having faith in Jesus Christ? We have to ask that question because if not, then we have to look seriously at why and possibly the issues that are causing us to have gone astray. I think about the disciples in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. And we know the story how Jesus told them to go across to the other side. And as they got into the boat and they started going, a great storm came. And they started to panic, and, and fear got a hold of them, and they lost sight of, of Jesus and what was going on. And he told them he was going to meet them, so that pretty much says that I'm going to see you there, so it's going to be okay. You're not going to die or drown. But it's the storm, the trial, the heartache, the pain, the irritations of whatever they were dealing with at that time that they lost focus, they went astray. They went astray in their faith. And Jesus walks to them on the water, and he says, why, why are you so distressed and afraid? 
Where is your faith? You see, during those times when we're not, you know, going through trials, that's why we're going to get into that, but we're not going through, through testing seasons of, of whatever those issues might be. Human nature has a tendency to just kick back in our spiritual easy chair. And we get like the disciples. We start to lose faith over a period of time in God's word. And Jesus says, where is your faith? When we're in pain, we need to allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to surround us like that nacre does with that grain of sand in the oyster and bring comfort into our lives. The second thing that struggles and pain in life do is it allows those impurities to be sifted out of our lives. Because when we are relaxing, when we go off track, how many know a lot of things come in? Again, as I started this, the process of this oyster, for nourishment, it opens up, lets seawater in, and uh, it has the ability to filter out and get the junk out. For you and I, it's the Word of God. We open up to God's Word. We open up in prayer. We come to church and listen to what God says. We open up and allow that cleansing and purifying to take place. But when we're not praying, we're not reading, we're, we're not in church, or we're not getting into, into the Word of God, those little grains of sand get stuck in there. And uh, they start to hurt us and start to get us off track. And because we're not in tune with God, the maturity level is not there anymore. We start to complain. We start to get angry. We start to murmur concerning the things of God. You see, it's those pains and struggles in life that get us to look back to God and say, okay, let your Holy Spirit come and start to help me through this process of maturity. I want to be in your will. I want to be in your blessing. How many want the blessing of God in your life? How many want the will of God in your life? And so, yes, we need to come and let God's word begin to purify and cleanse us. God has a sifter. His sifter is not too big. It's not too small. He knows what needs to come out. Just, just like most of these oysters, their sifting process knows what needs to come out and what needs to stay in. God's the same way. He understands. He's not going to kill us. He's not going to hurt us. He's not going to put us through any more. His word says that we cannot contain. Isn't that what God says? But he'll make a way of escape. And so what we need to understand that when we go, are going through that sifting process, there are specific things he wants to get rid of in our lives that have come in over that time when we started to drift away, started to get comfortable. It's called, we know, we've heard sermons after sermons, the refining process. And through the refining process, that sifting process, God wants to glorify his son, Jesus Christ. He wants to bring honor and glory as we go through that testing and sifting process. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. This brings you great joy, although 
you may have to suffer for a short time in various trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold. Gold that is tested by fire, even though it's passing away, and will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So the purpose of Jesus sifting is not to hurt, to destroy, or cause us pain, but it's to bring a maturity and honor and glory to Jesus. That's why he allows it, okay? Don't get it backwards and think he's trying to hurt us. It's the devil who wants to hurt us. Like Jesus told Peter concerning what the devil wanted to do to him in Luke chapter 22. We know the story at the Lord's Supper when he said to Peter, Peter, Satan has requested and he wants to sift you as wheat or shake your faith. Jesus knew that. He was warning Peter because the devil has to come to the Lord just like he came to, to God before when he was going to put Job through the test. He had to get permission. And so with Peter, the enemy had to get permission to test Peter's faith. And we know the story, sadly, that Peter wasn't prepared. He didn't listen very well, and he allowed the enemy to lie to him. Whatever was going on, he denied Jesus three times. But thank God for repentance, and he came back, and Jesus clarified with him his destiny. But my point is, uh, we need to understand, when Satan sifts, he wants to destroy. He wants to bring you out of the blessing of God, bring you out of the will of God, bring you out of God's purpose for your life. That's what the devil wants to do. He doesn't want to bring comfort to your pain. He doesn't want to bring soothing uh, to your hurts. Uh, he wants to kick you when you're down. That's the devil. Don't listen to him when you're in pain. Don't listen to him when, the, when, when there's, you're hurting, when you're going through trials. Listen to God. Listen to the Word of God because he wants to heal you, help you, take, take out those things that are going to hurt you and replace them with strength and comfort. And the last thing that he wants to bring maturity and success into your life. Because without that irritation in the oyster's life and that pain and discomfort, valuable pearls would never be produced. Without that nacre surrounding that grain, it remains in pain. And something beautiful would never come from it. It works the same for us. Don't be surprised at that painful trial you're suffering, Peter says, as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. There's a clashing of kingdoms that are taking place during your testing, during your irritations, and during your trials. It's the kingdom of darkness trying to discourage you and remove you from the blessing of God. And there's the kingdom of light that's trying to comfort you and trying to soothe you and bring a 
comfort to your pain and success in your life. And we have the choice as to which one we're going to allow. Someone said the struggles of life, heartaches, and pains are necessary if you want to be successful as a Christian. Instead of cursing them, understand them while you are experiencing them. They are part of the making of a man or a woman. Through the years that you've been serving God, it's been through the trials, through the pains, through the heartaches, the disappointments, the, the, the irritations uh, that maybe you were dealing with in your life that has caused you to become the man and woman you have become. Because without them, uh, you would not be here today. Without them, uh, you would not be the successful Christian you are today. You are like a string of pearls uh, in the kingdom of God. You are like a precious, valuable string of pearls to those uh, who are searching uh, and are in pain, those who are struggling, those who have no hope, those uh, who are lost uh, and hurting uh, in their marriage, in their families, with their children. Uh, God wants you to be uh, the string of pearls that can say, I know what you've been through. I've been there. I've been in pain. Uh, but look what God produced in my life. You see, God wants us to be pearl makers. As I said at the beginning, less than 10% of oysters produce pearls. The rest of them suffer until they get to the dinner table. And you get to the table and it's got that little sign on there, caution, eating oysters, Pregnant ladies, da, 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 da. I said pregnant ladies, women, uh, I should not eat these. Less than 10%. We can choose to be either Christians who are pearl makers and allow the Holy Spirit to see us through our trials and irritations, or be those kinds of Christians who go through their life in pain, suffering, and fall away from God and the will of God for their lives. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you look at those trials, testings, irritations, and pain, with a sense of joy that, God, I know you have everything under control. You're going to see me through this. You're, I'm not alone you're going to be able to rejoice because you've gotten here this far. And like David said, I killed the lion, I killed that bear, and this giant is going to go down just like them. No big deal. Because of what God brought him through in the past. For you and I, we're here. Praise God. We have made it this far Continue to make pearls. Continue to allow God to surround you with the Holy Spirit and comfort you during those times of testings and heartache. I want us to bow our heads for a few moments this morning and close our eyes.